This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. She said, oh, I want those ones. I want those ones. I'm like, but what about me? <laughs> what about me? I'm like, never mind. I have a 10-year-old. I'm going to buy all the shoes for myself. I must have. I'm going to wear the Ray boots. I don't care if they're for female. <laughs> I know some of, the, some of the stuff even for the females actually is like like yeah, ah, I'm like excuse me Pozu but do you have any non-gender specific Ray boots? I'd really like that. Please. I'd really like that, please. Non-gender, that's the new thing today. I want to wear those Ray boots. <laughs> we have Twi'leks dancing right now <laughs> and some sexy Ewoks. We don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. Hey. Makes it easier to carry them. If you would bone an Ewok, would you bone a Bantha then? I mean, if there's no difference, right? Nah, Ewoks are a little bit more fluffier. And more intelligent, I guess, right? Is there yeah. an intelligence factor there? Because no. when does it become pansexuality and then bestiality? <laughs> Where's the fine line there, David? <laughs> I must know this. <laughs> Is it okay to fuck an Ewok, but then frowned upon to fuck a Bantha? <laughs> <laughs> Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, welcome everybody. Star Wars from the back to tank on RM channel 001 on the TuneIn app as well as iTunes radio. Just search for us so you can listen to us live. Hooray! Also the Rayman digital app. Yeah, that's right. The Rayman digital app. Search for it in the iOS stores as well as Google Play. Rayman digital. And you can take this show as well as all of our shows on demand anywhere you want to go. Whether you're looking for Ewoks to... Get crazy with. I'm glad you stopped yourself there. <laughs> stopped yourself short saying something we might all regret. David, simmer down. Okay, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know how to fly the ship. Sometimes I make it look cool. Fly casual. You fly casual. Yeah. All right. Something's wrong with my mic. I, f- I feel really loud today. Do I sound normal to you? Sound normal. Okay. Well, then we're just going to go ahead and continue with the show. All right. So we have. Um, we have a lot of news, Dave. A lot of a, big news. A lot of big news. Things that I don't think any of us expected. Oh, Jesus. I almost threw up. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of things. <laughs> this is a real professional broadcast. A lot of things I don't think anybody expected, Expected, Dave, that came out of San Diego. I'm, I can't speak today. <laughs> I'm throwing up. Well, what is happening? Maybe uh, have you gotten the San Diego flu? I jeez. The Comic-Con flu on you? From all the way in Arizona? I don't think that's possible. All right, so some big news has come out of San Diego Comic-Con. Things that I did not expect. I don't think anybody expected. There was some there were some expectations. Expectations, yeah. That was something that a lot of fans do. Well, I'm hoping we get this and we have throughout the last few weeks we have highlighted various prequel era new installments of books and we just discussed how we thought Lucasfilm was going to run away from the prequel era when they had bought and taken over Lucasfilm and they have done anything but But that that. they have continued to return and which we don't have a problem with that because we are fans of the prequel era we love all Star Wars and, the, and in regards to the prequel era, they made a one big heck of an announcement. Yeah. Their one, uh, I, I was saying that the first panel on Thursday was the big one. Yes. It Dave. had to be the big one. That yes. Yes. How? I mean, I, I didn't. Uh, I think we were all blindsided. And I'm not going to lie. Tears 
streamed down my face like a biatch. Apparently, the Clone Wars is returning. That's right, Dave. The Clone Wars is returning. I don't really have, um, I don't really have desires, Dave, to go to Comic-Con anymore, um, especially in this new era of Star Wars. It, it, it feels like they save a lot of their announcements for their events, D23, D23, Star Wars Celebration, which makes sense because that's their business. That Why would you put out your information on other events when you have your own events that bring in hundreds of thousands of people? So that's why I didn't have any enthusiasm about going to Comic-Con this year or even last or the year before. We don't usually get these types of announcements since at least Disney has taken over. Yeah. At Comic-Con, we get these types of announcements at D23 and Star Wars Celebration. This is a big deal, and we were led to believe they're just going to celebrate the 10th anniversary with a panel. Yep. Dave Filoni coming with his little sexy boots on his hat. The Santa Claus of Star Wars fans everywhere. Dave Filoni, dude, is like, I swear, if I had a Mount Rushmore of Star Wars figures, Dave Filoni's on there. Yeah, absolutely, man. This guy single-handedly united the Star Wars fandom in one day. We have been falling apart for six months because of so many separate ideas and, and divisive blogs and, and podcasts that come out with, with people just slandering each other from all sides. And Dave Filoni's all like, hey, I got this. <laughs> I got this, guys. Sit back, relax. Hey, Kathleen Kennedy, I got an idea. Big marquee letters. Clone Wars. Save me, Dave! <laughs> I'm drowning here! <laughs> One announcement, Dave. One announcement. United the fandom in a way that I have not seen in years. I mean, everybody was happy. There's a few naysayers in there. It's like, oh, the Clone Wars. Toxic masculinity is being rewarded. When we may get into that later. I don't know. I, I may want to steer away from negativity. But Dave Filoni comes in with the win, Dave. Just when many were crying that the sky was falling, the fandom was falling apart and eating themselves from within, Filoni says, chill, I got this, Clone Wars. And they are returning to television screens via the Disney streaming service. Now, there isn't a whole lot of details. I don't think we really need to know a lot of details other than the fact that it will be a 12-episode series. Yes. And it was funny because me and you were discussing about this when they made the announcement. We were like trying to figure out, are they actually going to do a full season? Are they? How do, you, how do you do a full season on the concept of the Battle of Mandalore? The Siege of Mandalore, yeah. The Siege of Mandalore. And sure enough, they're, they're planning 12 episodes, which... Twelve all is, new episodes, Dave, will be coming to Disney's streaming service. A huge surprise because that makes me wonder: Are they going to be telling other stories besides the Siege of Mandalore? I don't know. I mean, is there time in twelve episodes? Is there time? And I know that's something that a lot of people have already been speculating because that's what we do in the Star Wars fandom. We speculate immediately. Yeah, our creative juices start flowing, and we start making up stories. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're way off. But there is a lot that they can do with this, Dave. Of course, number one, we already know what happened uh, with the Clone Wars. We didn't really have a true finish. There was some closure, but there was also some open-ended story arcs, open-ended questions. A lot of us didn't even know what happened necessarily, how Ahsoka got from A to B and subtly in Rebels, which I think it works. I think a lot of us get the idea the way they ended it for her, I think does work. Yeah. Absolutely. But there is some emotional closure that we didn't get with no. her character. Same thing with Darth Maul. We don't really quite know what happened to him. We get the idea. Uh, they, they do give him a little bit of closure, but now things have changed, Dave, because we have his name not his name, but his appearance in Solo now, a Star Wars story where he is with the Crimson Dawn crew. He seems to be or appears to be the leader of Crimson Dawn, possibly maybe all the syndicates. Maybe he's doing a Palpatine and he's pulling the strings of all the crime syndicates. We don't know yet, but they did introduce that concept. Are we going to find out how he got there? Is that will that be part of the subplot or the side story of this 12 episode season? Will they show how Maul got to being becoming involved with Crimson Dawn? 
yeah, how did he escape? How did what happened after he escaped? Especially from if you read uh, Darth Maul, son of Dathmir, that comic book. Are they going to touch on that? If they see Darth Maul, and you could probably have like four solid episodes of him, which is yeah, well, it has me four really out excited. of twelve. Really, you think four out of twelve? I think oh, four dang. out of twelve. Wow. Well, now are we going to do what Clone Wars did? And correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've watched it. But Clone Wars did deviate a little bit from their story arcs. And they would go for three or four episodes off to another character, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, can they do that with a 12-episode season? Can they still stick to that classic format where they go off and focus on another side character for a while? Well, if you think about it, okay, when we saw Rebels, right? Right. How many episodes was each season of Rebels? About 12 yeah. to 15? No, there was 20. There's 20, right? Yeah. And there were pockets in some of the seasons where they would deviate just maybe one or two episodes away yeah, from everything. Just a bit, but it would always come back to the main theme. But that's ultimately why I liked Star Wars Rebels better. And that might be blasphemous, but that's just my own personal opinion. I feel like Rebels is a more... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Clone Wars. Cohesive? No, Clone Wars was great. I don't have a problem with yeah. it. And Filoni is fantastic. I feel like that was freshman year. This is a more seasoned. Star Wars Rebels is a more seasoned Filoni. Someone who understands the story he wants to tell. And he understands how to tell it. And the way he crafts the story, it feels it flows a bit better because he doesn't do those long deviations, though. He doesn't go to from three or four episodes of focusing on a side character or some other element that doesn't necessarily focus with the main myth arc of that season. Whereas yeah. with Rebels, he kind of he stays he stays focused a little bit more on the immediate story on on what he on what the overall story is all about. Right. And. I'm I'm curious to see, okay, if he takes what he got from Rebels and actually puts it towards the, the new season of Clone Wars. Yes. What story or what what overall story concept is he going right. to try to tell? Yeah. And that's where my excitement comes in more than anything. Anytime you announce something Star Wars TV related that's connected to Dave Filoni, you better believe I'm going to be excited. But the fact that this is going to be his fourth series at this point when it comes out because he still has star wars resistance yes so this is going to be his fourth series we're going to get a very evolved very mature filoni and i think we can expect greatness i don't think that's a a me being a star wars uber fan jumping the gun saying this is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread because it very well could be this is a seat at this point, 2019, the fall of 2019 is when we can expect these new episodes to drop on Disney's streaming service on the upcoming streaming service. By then, he's had another full season under his belt. I think we can expect some great things, Dave. That's, oh, that's why I'm so excited, because I always look at everything. I don't care about male roles, female roles, robot roles, pansexuality, gayness. <laughs> I don't care about any of that. I care about one thing, and that's story. Yeah, give us a good, solid story. And all this means is that Filoni is going to be that much more seasoned. So I'm super stoked, super excited about what we could possibly get and also what this means for Disney streaming service, Dave, there's been a lot of people just kind of upset. And again, yes. social I'm media. You, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you, we've been, everyone's been so positive about when Clone Wars was announced. I was really surprised by the small pockets of like naysayers. Yeah. Well, let's put that on the back burner. Because I don't, you're having a good day, right? I'm having a good day, Dave. I don't know if I want to jump into that, but let's see if our conversation can naturally get us there. If we can, if there is no way out of that road, Dave, then we're going to slam right into it. But first, let's talk about the streaming service, Dave, yeah. because there's been a lot of people that have, you know, over the past six, seven months complaining about Star Wars. Uh, and again, social media does not represent the bulk of the fan base. It's a very small pocket of the fandom. Yes. A lot of people think because they log in every day and they see certain things that this is the consensus of Star Wars. And it's, and not. it's not a fair, accurate representation. So that being said, there has been people, a lot of chatter on social media and Reddit 
um, that uh, no one's really interested in this streaming service. And they're just kind of upset about Star Wars and Lucasfilm trying to milk us for money. And uh, first off, it's a business, so I don't care if they milk us for money. They can milk they can milk the blue milk right out of my nipples continually, Dave, <laughs> as long as they're giving me good product. So I don't care. Exactly. That's my stance, too, is like as long as the streaming service is worth it. And so far from all from all like uh, sources, it seems like it's heading towards that way because they're trying to build a lot of series similar to like what CBS All Access did. Right. And they're trying to actually add new content to their streaming service that you can't get anywhere, but also old content that basically will people want to add to their library. Right. So is this going to be, is this going to be that, that, that one TV show that brings everybody in? Cause again, I feel like if Favreau's live action show had come out, I feel like there's a big fan base, a big portion of the fan base, the vocal fan base that would, that probably would not put their dollars. They'd probably end up pirating it. And not actually streaming or paying for the streaming service. But now with Clone Wars announcement, I think it was a smart business maneuver. And yes, they're doing it for the fans. I feel like Dave Filoni is sincere. But also from a business strategy, I feel like Lucasfilm, Disney, this is a great way to bring those people that are still on the fence who are a little dismayed at some of the last Jedi elements. You're just kind of upset with the antagonistic behavior of some of the, the people behind Lucasfilm that are very vocal against some of those fans on social media. This may win them win some of those people over. Absolutely. I think this is how you're supposed to market for a streaming service. Not only, you know, is your backlog or your library really important because, yeah. you know, they've been making big deals about how Disney bought the rights to Fox and a lot mm-hmm. of the Fox uh, library is going to be on the streaming service. But, oh, you know what, Dave? I didn't think about that. That might be another reason why they are doing this with the streaming service, because, yes, Disney owns all things Star Wars. However, there might have been some licensing issues pertaining to distribution and yeah, continuing that because Fox is the one who owned Clone Wars. And had distribution rights. So maybe with this buyout, maybe that's what we've been waiting for. Maybe why this is why the announcement didn't come sooner, uh, because we were waiting for that acquisition to happen. And now that it's a confirmed buy, yeah. this has uh, cut through some of the red tape. I didn't even think about that. That's a, like, that's a good point, Dave. That was that was a major story that kind of slid under everyone's radar was the fact that when Comcast dropped their bid yeah. for Fox's uh, library, Disney just swept in and basically swept it all up. And by doing that, Disney just literally added so much content to their upcoming streaming service that now, now it's time for them to market. Okay, here comes new content, brand new original series content. That's going to be on our streaming service. And using star Wars is actually probably their best bet. I know a lot of people are saying, well, what about Marvel? What about all the Marvel series? Yeah, that'll do some. That'll yeah. do some. But you got to remember, if they are producing multiple live action shows, original content, whether it be movies or TV shows, it's going to be from the Marvel front. It's going to be from the Disney front. And in order, in order to sustain that type of budgets that they're going to need, they're going to have to bring in all facets of the fandoms. They can't rely just yeah. on the Marvel fan base. You have to rely on all the fan bases in order for this to be a win and in order for them to put out the content that they want to put out. So you're going to see a lot more than just Marvel. You're going to have, you know, obviously we know Star Wars Resistance will be on XD. They've already yeah. announced that. Um, but seeing Clone Wars come to the streaming service, I feel like it's a smart business move because now already confirmed we have Favaro's live action going to the to the Disney streaming service. And now we have Clone Wars returning to the streaming service as well. So this is a good win for Disney because of some of these streaming services, uh, it's too competitive right now and they're not working out as much as they were hoping for. Obviously, Netflix with their hundred and 20 million subscribers, whatever ridiculous number they have, they're on top of their game and yeah. no one's going to knock them off their throne anytime soon. And then you have Hulu, you have Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's doing just great. Uh, Hulu's doing okay because they have a lot of free content as yep. well. But then you have CBS All Access, which is the one that we can kind of compare to the Disney streaming service. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, com- 
comparison that I'm looking at. Yeah, and they wanted eight million is what the number that uh, Moonves said, the CBS executive in charge of programming. He said he wanted eight million subscribers for CBS All Access, and that would be a win. And their numbers are slightly over two million. So it's not quite where they want it. That's probably why we saw a shakeup from the Star Trek Discovery side of things just a couple of weeks ago, because of budget reasons, they're not making the money they thought they would. So hopefully, yes, Star Trek is a is is a is a giant behemoth as well. But it ain't no Star Wars when it comes to franchise monstrosity. Yeah. And I think that's the key is kind of like the the lesson that I'm wondering if the Disney streaming service department is looking at is at CBS all access CBS all access had this grand idea of actually doing original content on major franchises, but they didn't, they, they only came out with one major announcement, which was star Trek. Yeah. Instead of going, Oh, not only do we have discovery, we should have actually had this and this, yeah. and this. Well, they, they thought they were going to probably own the world with that one release in series. And the thing is, is that the Star Trek fan base is, is aging and they're not adding like Star Wars is aging. They have their aging fan base, but they have multiple generations. Multiple generations have come to Star Wars. Unfortunately with Star Trek, it's an aging demo and it's, you can't really compare it to Star Wars because they don't have the ongoing content that's coming out. That's helping rejuvenate the franchise. Mm -hmm. And because of of that, because they have an older demo for the most part, those people don't buy streaming services. They don't buy those things. Yes, they have the disposable income, but the young people are the ones that, you know, they control the world. They control the world right now. They control the world all the time when it comes to marketing. The key marketing demos are always 18 to 34, 18 to 28. Those are the key demos. So Star Wars is not something you can really compare to uh, Star Trek Discovery necessarily or CBS All Access right now currently. So I think they're in a good place. I I feel like between these two announcements and, of course, the Marvel content, as you brought up, I think the streaming service is in a is uh, setting themselves up to be a huge success. And can you believe that basically when Rebels ended, me and you were always questioning, Okay, what's next for Filoni? What could possibly be next for Filoni? I'm, I'm glad it wasn't not, the Destiny thing, which I just couldn't yeah. get into. <laughs> he he just couldn't sit on the sidelines as part of the Star Wars story group yeah. and basically just sit there. Yeah. He has to do something. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, lo and behold, he's doing two brand new animation series with yeah. Resistance and now with Clone Wars. Yeah, and Resistance was kind of met with uh, excitement, I think, from the Filoni fans. But I think it wasn't met with the enthusiasm that Clone Wars Saved was met with. I think a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know what to expect. I mean, Captain Phasma is not really an interesting character, let's be honest. Her book was great. Uh, Her comic book was good, but her appearance in the movies kind of just left a a sour taste in everyone's mouth. It was rotten blue milk that just left to gestate in our stomach, and we couldn't digest it, and we were vomiting it up as we're watching her last scenes in The Last Jedi. Very, very passionate about the lackluster appearances of <laughs> of a character that could be that could have been so could fucking been so awesome good. awesome yeah so um let's get into possibilities of what we could see in the clone wars we kind of briefly touched on that at the top of the show but dave there's an article that came out and it usually i like to form my own thoughts dave however screen rant came out with an article that i couldn't have written better it is pretty much what we've been discussing off on air and off air. And it goes into discussions of or into detail of what they would like to see or what could happen with Clone Wars, with the return of Clone Wars and the revival of this series and what it can pay off or what it could mean for Maul's solo cameo. Okay. Now the return of Clone Wars series gives Lucasfilm the perfect chance to wrap up Maul's story, positioning him for the role he'll play in Solo, a Star Wars story. Showrunner Dave Filoni has always been fond of tying plot threads together. Yes, and he does it very well. Yes. And this is one he'll surely find irresistible, I hope. I can't imagine him. Maul is Maul, in my opinion, because of him. 
Yes. Let's just be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, Phantom Menace Mall was fucking dazzling as fuck and just cool and awesome to watch. And he's a badass. But outside of that, there was little to no character development. We get the idea he's more of a henchman more than anything. It wasn't until Clone Wars brought him back in the return of Darth Maul that that's when he became interesting. That's when he became interesting because you got to actually see Maul for who he is. Now, just as a reminder, Dave, in Star Wars, the Clone Wars season five, the resurrected Maul became a leader of a vast criminal organization known as the Shadow Collective. Maul used the Shadow Collective to launch a group on the planet Mandalore, successfully overthrowing the Duchess. The Mandalorian terrorists known as Death Watch were split by Maul's coup, half siding with him and half refusing to serve a non-Mandalorian. Unfortunately for Maul, his attempt to gain power earned the attention of his old master. And very cool. Very cool. Darth Sidious, who captured him. And that fight scene, dude, that fight scene still sticks with me where Maul and his brother yeah. fight Sidious. It's good, man. Uh, the Clone Wars season six, which is the lost episodes, correct? Yes. Uh, would have lo- would have continued Maul's story with the former Sith apprentice rescued by his agents. Maul swore vengeance on both the Jedi and the Sith and reclaimed control of Mandalore. Moving into the final season, Filoni had planned to present the Siege of Mandalore with Ahsoka leading an attack upon Mandalore to capture Maul. The Siege of Mandalore would have been concurrent. This is the key word here, Dave. Concurrent with events and Revenge of the Sith culminating in the horror of Order 66. Okay. Now concurrent, Dave. That was the original plan. That was the original plan. Okay, that means we would have, the Clone Wars would have bled into the events of Return or Revenge of the Sith. Is that a possibility? And is that something we're going to see in Clone Wars Saved? And is this something that we must see? Should we see an extended story much like what we saw at the end of Star Wars Rebels, where it was done in kind of a montage and a, and a voiceover with Sabine telling us that Hera has a child and she was involved in the in the Battle of Endor. And of course, now she's looking for Ezra. Will we see something like that towards the tail end of the season? Are we going to see episodes, Dave, that actually take place during the events of Revenge of the Sith. I think you, you we need to because the way that I saw how they did it in Rebels was would have been perfect for Clone Wars because you had so many great characters, especially the clone troopers who play a, a very important role in the Order of uh Order 66. And Everyone why not order 69? Why, why didn't he do that one? <laughs> All stormtroopers start 69 themselves? <laughs> and Sidious is just like, like yes. Yes. Do yes, it. Do, do it. it. Do now it. take his head. Yes. Wait. Yes. Wait. <laughs> Commander Cody, please. In my lap. Oh. oh. <laughs> in my lap. What's the name of the, the Jedi that died uh, in at the end of Revenge of the Sith? The one that with the... Um, with the Oh, the Twi'lek? The stomach coming out. Yeah, with the belly, and she gets all shot up. Oh, God, I forgot her name. She was actually a really important See, I would like to order 69 with her. Please. (laughs) What if Commander Cody's all, yes, sir, right away, sir. I'm really excited about order 69, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Come on, troops, gangbang. I said nothing about a gangbang, Dave. Why do you always take it too far, Dave? Order 69 is normal, pleasant, and fun. <laughs> then you make bring it all into this dirty sloppiness called gangbangs. Hey, remember, clone troopers have to work together. They're a, they're a unit. They're also individuals, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead, Dave. What were you saying? But yeah, I mean, like, most of the most of the stories, that's why I was really psyched when I saw the trailer, and it opens up with the clone troopers with their helmets, and you hear their voices. My name is Cody. My name is Fives. Yeah. And all of them, all those, all those clone troopers play a really important role in Clone Wars. And a lot of questions from fans said, well, what is, we know Captain Cody uh, is in Revenge of the Sith when he takes the order from yeah, what a piece the of Emperor. Shit. And it's kind of like, how did Cody, who is like the, the paramount leader that mm-hmm. we followed in Clone Wars, suddenly turn in Revenge of the Sith and just go, yes, Emperor, we'll kill them all. Yeah. It's well, like, to be honest with you, I mean, that's that's always been something that's been debated yeah. amongst the Star Wars fan base about Order 66. And, and, and remember, it, they touched upon it in Rebels with Rex. Yeah. It was, it's quite simply an order from your chancellor. What are you going to say? No? 
Like these are soldiers bred to listen to the leadership. The Jedi Council were not leaders. They were generals in the army of the Republic. And if they're taking an order, which meant that the Jedi were taking over. <laughs> yes, I feel like Revenge of the Sith could have delved into that Order 66 a bit more and kind of fleshed it out and made it a little more clear. But I, I think we get the gist of it. The funny part is the biggest question that I always get from a lot of Star Wars fans that talk to me about it is kind of like, what is the difference between Cody and Rex? What made... What made Rex say, no, I'm not going to do it? Didn't they, well, Rebels actually went into that. A little bit. Yeah. Not, not, they didn't go full bore, uh, full, like fully into it. You just knew that Rex, Wolf, and Gregor basically all decided individually to leave. Okay. And also, despite all that, and again, they didn't really explain this, but also, not only was it a, a, an order coming through, and obviously it would be something that some would would question, right? But it was also an event that was... It was triggered. It wasn't an implant, like Clone Protocol 66. It was yeah. an order that was implanted into the clones by by the Sith Lords. By the Sith Lords. Yeah. So that's another thing. It's a triggered mechanism. That's why I like to actually, one of the big things that I would love to see is like them delve into this more. Because we saw them kind of delve into it in the final season of Clone Wars, but it never was brought up. Yeah, the protocol caused clone troopers to violently lash out lash at the out. Jedi and to view them as traitors and were controlled by a biochip. That's what Rex, right, was talking about in Rebels. Yes. That he fought against it and ripped it out. So it, it's more than just following orders, as I was saying. It's it's also an implant, which, again, I think a lot of us just... Wasn't there always questioning of the clones? It was always a, a questionable, okay... I don't know if we can trust them for the moment they were introduced in attack of the clones because the entire construction of the clone army was wrapped in mystery and you knew that it was a plot to destroy the Jedi as Maze Windu said. So it's more complicated than that. And if they yeah. want to go into that a bit, I feel like they could, that mm -hmm. can definitely be an area that they can explore in the upcoming uh, Clone Wars, although if they didn't, I think most of us, based on what we saw in Star Wars Rebels, we get the gist of it, especially with that 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 um, the, the the conversations between Rex and and Kanan and how Kanan. his lack of trust of troopers. I feel like they already fleshed that out in that TV show. That's a good point. But we'll see. That's a good point. But we'll see. See what happens. I would, though, however, getting back to the concurrent storylines, I think it would be awesome to see events um, going on at the same time, possibly the Siege of Mandalore might have been something that uh, was going on at the tail end of that battle that bled into the, f the, the events of Revenge of the Sith and maybe see a dual narrative between Ahsoka's decisions of what she's going to do and, uh, and Revenge of the Sith. I think it would be awesome to see those things, maybe even see things we saw in Revenge of the Sith from another perspective. From another perspective, yeah. Because I was thinking about it, dude, the more I thought about it, you were thinking about it the more I thought about it. The more I thought about it. <laughs> the more I thought about it, like, especially with Ahsoka's final battle with Anakin in Rebels, Ahsoka kept mentioning that basically she left Anakin behind. She left him behind. And yeah, in, in, you could kind of say at the end of Clone Wars when we see her story and she leaves the Jedi Order, she leaves Anakin behind, but she made it more or less sound like there was more to it than basically leaving him behind. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm like going in this one, I think we're going to get a definitive answer. What happened? And could you imagine? I thought about this. Could you imagine if Ahsoka uh, was knowing what was uh, was partially knowing something bad was happening to Anakin, but she didn't do anything? Like she saw his his downward spiral. He, he starts she starts seeing the downward spiral, but she doesn't say anything right. because it's Anakin. It's it's her master. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. At this point, Dave, it's all speculation and anything can anything can happen. But regardless of what happens, um, I have 100 percent faith in Dave Filoni. So Absolutely. I I don't I'm going to be super excited. My enthusiasm will be through the roof and my expe expectations are going to be very high. I'm in just going to say we trust. Yeah. In Filoni, we trust. All right, Dave, we're going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. Yeah, yep. they're not all eighteen, Mike. Oh, 
but I don't look at them. You're not all 18. No, I can tell when you're young. I don't. I'm not. No, you I, can't. I, I'm Mike. just not attractive to young women. Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. So I've this is to- a man who's made a mistake recently. You can tell, <laughs> like the way he's saying. Believe me, you can't tell. Are the police listening right now? You can't tell. I swear to God. Now you can usually tell, though. I mean, they have straight legs. Like Dude, they don't have the curves yet. No, the thing is, you though, can usually in, tell. But in body. high school, they have weightlifting classes now for girls. Yeah. And like these three girls were all members of the weightlifting this class. This still sounds like, trust me, man, Thomas. Yeah, this sounds like a guy pleading, <laughs> pleading his case right now. You don't know, Mike. You weren't there. <laughs> With the makeup, man, it's all a lie. <laughs> they have weights, Michael. They have weights. Let <laughs> me so see what happened was. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just saying that it's misleading sometimes. Jesus. It can be misleading. Just, just stop now. Wow. wow. Jesus. <laughs> when Tony says wow, that's what <laughs> <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Star Wars from the back to tank. It's operational. Uh, and we're looking at a character that you might have heard of called Lando. And he's only the coolest black brother around. I'm a badass in the galaxy. He's the coolest black man in the galaxy. He's probably the only one. Oh, no. He, he'll steal your bitch. You'll ride and your clothes. <laughs> and your best friend will be cool with it. <laughs> Listen to the Star Wars from the Back to Tech late night replay, Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Geek Out Saturday. One of the biblical allegories that we talked about uh, last week um, with the innocence, like much like we saw with the first creations, Adam and Eve, that I think definitely connects to the general theme of of Westworld. What is that, you might ask? For me, first second that that happened, I was like, hey, that probably has something to do with kryptonite. Darth Vader could not open the crystal. Caden cannot open the crystal. Ahsoka cannot open the crystal, okay? The reason I'm pointing this out in this episode, what does the Bendu do? He takes the Starting thing. Starting point and an ending point, and it told its story pretty damn well. There's a couple gripes or a few little changes that anybody on the internet or ourselves have talked about, but overall, season 11 was great. I look back at season 10 now with... Catch up on your favorite Rayman digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rayman Channel 001. Listen for the Rayman digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. TuneIn app and also iTunes Radio. Find us on demand, iTunes and Stitcher, as well as Google Play now. We recently put our shows finally on Google Play. So search Star Wars from the Bat to Tank, all those at those three places, and uh, 
Listen away. We're everywhere, Dave. We're like Minoc. No, we're like the Force. We're, uh, we're, we're all around you. Okay, I like that one. I can go with that. All right, Dave, so we really uh, talked a lot about the Clone Wars saved, and we're just going to continue on because that's the big thing, right? Absolutely. And unfortunately, Dave, with good news, <laughs> there is negativity. There must always be darkness with light. Yes. I guess it's a balance, right? The balance. Yes. And this is, of course, people complaining, saying that some in the fandom don't deserve this. Right? Yeah. That because many of the people involved in the whole Save Clone Wars movement, that was a big thing right when it ended, uh, were some of the people who are also very toxic now, who are... Apparently. who yeah, Yes. And I'm not... I'm using air quotes here because I... I don't generalize. We are negative sometimes about certain things, but we usually back it up with constructive. It's usually, I don't want to say negativity. It's constructive criticism is usually what we do. We very rarely delve into the negativity, negative area where we can be considered toxic. Very yeah. rarely. Because it's not absolutes. We no. don't work in absolutes. No. But unfortunately, there are some people that are saying that they're alluding to the fact that Clone Wars is not that good to begin with. And I'm paraphrasing, and I'm not going to say this person's name. Uh, they are a StarWars.com writer, so shame on them. I, yet again, I, I don't understand this, Dave. I don't understand how people that work for Lucasfilm, that work for StarWars.com, can blast Star Wars without zero repercussions. And the only reason why they're blasting Clone Wars in a article about what they can do better is because it's directly the article is directed at the fandom out there who didn't like Last Jedi. I guarantee it because I follow these people. I see what they talk about. I see what they celebrate. And it's just sad that these people can't just be happy that something is coming back. The Clone Wars is coming back. Instead, they have to find a way to insult the other side of the fandom. I don't understand how we got here, Dave. And I and I don't want I told myself I wasn't going to get into these discussions anymore. But unfortunately, it's part of Star Wars right now. And uh, it's just it's very disconcerting that it, it goes it's with the saying that basically we can't have nice things. Yeah. And the reason why it bothers me, Dave, is because some something it came is how do we get to a place where it's us versus them or you versus us it's not about that it's about what you like as a fan and that's fine if that's what you like you don't need to criticize yeah. what other people like um there's this article dave that i'm gonna have you take us through and again avoid the name as well as the 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 name of the site because i don't want to slander people okay all right so take us through the article and if they want to search for it then that's on them yes there's a list here that I want to go through, and it's about Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and I want to dissect it and figure out whether or not there's some solid thought here. And the, the title of the article is How Star Wars, the Clone Wars can be a better show. Yes. Okay. Go ahead and take us through this article one by one, and I'm going to jump in, interrupt, and uh, if you have thoughts as well, Dave, please just stop reading and, 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 and uh, have your say. Okay. So it starts off with Star Wars The Clone Wars surprised fans with the new season years after it was canceled. Here's what it needs to be. Uh, here's what it needs to do to be a better show. And just get to number one. And Don't worry about reading all the. So number one, give female characters interiority. Uh, while the Clone Wars was arguably led by a female hero, Ahsoka Tano, her development was surface level. Ahsoka was plucky and a strong fighter, but the lessons she learned didn't always stick. She leveled up in terms of fighting style, but it, being a Jedi and liking to do Jedi things was often the extent of her characterization. Uh, what did she want to be a Jedi? So the choice was presented to her at the end of the season five. Keep pursuing the Jedi way and give up your moral stance or leave the order and hold true to her own beliefs. She left, enabling her to survive Order 66 and become a mentor in Rebels, her personality now hidden behind a wizard's robe. The Clone Wars has had 10 years to get to know her. The new season needs to be more detailed when it comes to her likes, dislikes, and goals. 
The novel Ahsoka did this and the Padme appearing in Thrawn Alliances. It isn't a bad time to be Star Wars women. The show needs to keep that up. That's the end of the first one. My stance on this is, have you not watched all of Clone Wars? Because that was the whole point was to watch Ahsoka grow as a character. There were so many things that basically made her a deep character. Her growing, not just wanting to be a Jedi. Okay, so she's trying to say that the character didn't have a lot of things going on inward. Character depth. There was no depth from within side. Yeah. And unless she doesn't understand the word she's using. And I don't, I don't understand how she can draw those conclusions. She wants her to be more, have it be more depth, have more depth, make better decisions. And she feels like she's not learning from her mistakes, that she's just kind of going through the motions and she hasn't really developed as an inner person. That's what she's trying to say. Yes. And there is no profound development when it comes to her own internal faith as well. And I, 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 I don't even understand how. How in the world do you see that? Because Ahsoka, to me, is such a dynamic character. She was a little touch and go, I would say, in the first two seasons. I yes. would agree with that. I would in agree fact, that. the first two seasons of Clone Wars in general, in my opinion, don't don't shame me, David, were a little touch and go as well. It was because that's Filoni getting his feet. Yes. And a lot of TV shows are like that. A lot of times, especially with new showrunners, it takes time for you to find your feet and, and find the voice of the show, what your show really is going to be about. And it took some time. And that means many of the characters as well took time to develop. But by the end of Clone Wars, Ahsoka became such a a well-written character, a dynamic character, a very dynamic character. That was the example of what a Jedi should be. In my opinion, the fact that she thought that possibly pursuing what the, the, the direction of the Jedi, what they were doing, she didn't agree with it. There was internal struggle there. She is having an internal conflict. And that, so I don't understand what, what, what this, uh, this woman was saying about that issue. And she goes on to say, Dave, that she does have a better um, growth and development. And there's a lot more internal introspectives of this character and her struggle in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, basically she's backstepping on, her, on what she's saying. Yeah, so I, I don't really get what she's saying. It just feels like she's trying to complain about Clone Wars. What's the second one? And the number two one is cut the soldier cliches. One of the best arcs in the Clone Wars was focused on the clones themselves. The battle at Umbra showed how messy war can be and how the clones who never asked or chose to die in battle end up brutalized by the dark side as well as by corruption within the Republic. The trailer for the new episode tries to go for a similar gritty vibe with clips from clones in battle but the dialogue is all pomp and little substance, like a parody of a shooter game. The original audience of the Clone Wars is 10 years older now. Respect that they can tell when dialogue is cheesy or overboard. Okay, first off, cheesy dialogue in Star Wars? Is, that, is she new to Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, uh, Sleemo. Oh, that's so wizard, Annie. Wizard, Annie. <laughs> is she new to Star Wars? Does she not understand Star Wars? By this one statement, it leads me to believe she doesn't even understand the core concept of Star Wars, starting with this right here. The pomp and little substance of the soldiers. First off, the entire archetype of those soldiers, leaving aside for the moment, setting aside the actual TV show in itself, is based on the World, World War II propagandic commercials and serials. Yes. That's why you have that over-the-top cheesy dialogue. You can do it. Join the rebellion. Join the rebellion. That over-the-top soldier talk is what a lot of Star Wars was inspired by. Yes. So if you have a problem with that, you're once again not really grasping what Star Wars is about. And this is the core of my frustration with so many people, not just relating to Star Wars, but modern-day bloggers that review movies, that talk about TV that they're just spinning their wheels and saying a bunch of words. Yes. Because they don't understand the very subject they're tackling. 
And that's something that we hear all the time when people, listeners on our shows, when we discuss, when we have conversations with them, one of the biggest reasons why they continue to come back is because of our insight into said topics, whether it be from a film perspective or writing perspective, because we actually know writing, we know television, we know movies, it's what we do. So when we discuss it and analyze, even if we may not like something, we discuss it objectively based on our knowledge. Yeah. The problem is today is that you have a lot of people talking about things with zero knowledge. They don't even have the understanding of the subject matter that they are trying to, to dissect and review. And it's no different than me, David, deciding tomorrow morning I'm going to be a mechanic. Hey, Michael, do you know anything about cars? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to work on engines, though. Do you know about engines? No. But I'm going to write a blog about an engine tomorrow and why the 67 Chevy Nova was so cool. And and that's the but Michael, thing. do you know anything about Chevy's? No, but I know what it looks like aesthetically. I could talk about the, the, how pretty it looks and how cool it looks. But Michael, but do you know anything about engines and cars? No. Then why the fuck are you opening your mouth right now? And that's how I feel about so many things going on when it comes to movie reviews and discussions on little things like this. It shows their lack of knowledge and understanding of a subject. If you don't know the subject, keep your mouth shut. Exactly. And you hit it on the head because it's kind of like right off the bat. Cut the soldier cliche. You do know that this is called Clone Wars. It's about the soldiers. And also it's the, about the, them. And the cliche is built in. It's intentional. It's intentional. <laughs> that's about, that's what, it, that's what Clone Wars was all yeah, about. Yeah, it's fr- dude, it frustrates me, man. All right, number three. Number three. Build on the Star Wars content that has followed. The Star Wars universe has changed a lot since the Clone Wars started. What was once Legends continuity is now part of the same canon as the sequel trilogy this is an opportunity to see see some kind of connection to the story of ray finn poe and kylo ren into the clone wars the clone wars should also allude to things that would happen later in rebels since several characters ahsoka hondo rex already connect both shows Mm -hmm. for example there's a chance to revisit fort annex the clone wars era base that has was abandoned by the time of rebels in its prime Perhaps the new season will even mention Caleb Dune, Kanan's identity, before yeah. he's forced to flee Order Absolutely. 66. Absolutely. That would be cool. And that would be I, cool. Don't, I don't disagree with number three at all. I think that's a, that's a given, right? I, a, I think it would be a, ver- a missed opportunity for them not to tie in all these new elements now that's going on. I mean, Star Wars, in my opinion, is in a beautiful place right now, despite what negativity, uh, the negativity that people spit out or spew out. Uh, I despite the hate on the last Jedi, I feel like star Wars is in a great place right now. And why not connect some of these things together? It would make a lot of sense as long as it it doesn't feel contrived and forced. It needs to feel natural. Thank you. That's the important part. That last statement you made, as long as it's not contrived and forced, because think about it. We've been, we've been also one of the, one of the biggest things that basically makes no sense is like, if they try to force the whole, Oh, so-and-so is Ray's mom. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Don't do stuff like that. You yeah. can connect to stories. Yes. All right. Yeah. Now let's skip number four because I don't really care. It says <laughs> d- don't. It's just going to get me angry. Don't That's re- going to get you angry. I know. Don't I know. reward bad fan behavior. And we'll skip. Because <laughs> I like how this writer is assuming that Dave Floney's all like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make this a TV show just for those people that were griping and complaining. No, you're going to I, I could sense it. And also generalizing <laughs> that that nobody else likes Clone Wars except the toxic fandom. I could I could sense it. Just we'll skip. Yeah, we'll skip to five. Five is don't always play it safe. At the 10th anniversary panel at San Diego Comic-Con, the Clone Wars crew showed the concept art that started it all. Back when Dave Filoni proposed the show would be about a crew of new characters rather than focusing as much on Anakin and Obi-Wan. George Lucas nixed the idea, but it was it has returned in several forms since. Okay, so her gripe here, Dave, is don't play it safe, meaning don't use characters we already know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, did you watch only the first season of Clone Wars? Because I'm getting the idea that you only watched the first season of Clone Wars. Because Mortis, the father, son, daughter, Darth Maul, the witches of Dathmir, you call that safe? Yeah. Cad Bane. That runs the risk of being something that people laugh at, especially Mortis. Are the people who have this idea of what the force is in their minds for the last 30 some years, 40 years, are they going to like this new idea that we're taking the force down? 
You call that playing it safe? That's a fucking risk. Dave Filoni is riding on a bull bareback, naked. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you question his creativity? Not even a bull. Riding on a bantha bareback. Yeah. With a Jawa on his shoulders. And an Ewok by his side. While he's executing Order 66 on Padme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this what this article wants. And the sad thing is this article went viral. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's the next one? And then the next one is number six is learn and grow. I keep, I keep waiting for the Clone Wars to catch up to its potential. And seeing it have the same problems over and over again is frustrating. Rebels improved on the Clone Wars in many ways. Female characters were more varied. Which, uh, okay, the, the show could include more consistent and powerful character development because it focused on ensemble instead of splitting time between vignettes about far-flung characters and dialogue, mostly conveyed moral lessons and classic Star Wars or spiritualism. Right. Now, Dave. Oh, my God. And mixed metaphors. Like, okay. Mixed metaphors. So, first off, I, I, I agree with 90% of this. I'll tell you why. Now, I don't agree with the female characters were more varied. No, uh, I don't, mean, whoa, please I don't. mean, what? Again, were you only watching the first six episodes of season one? This show was, uh, I mean, Ventress is one of the, to me, I'm a big Ventress fan. She is one of the most complicated, well-written characters. Forget female. We're always focused on why do we always have to split uh, fandoms, uh, demographics, uh, thoughts based on gender? gender. Remember like 10 years ago, the thing was no labels. Can we go back to that? Because I don't care if you're a man, a man with no dick, a female, a female with a dick. I don't care if you're a child, a Jawa, a Bantha, an Ewok. If you're a good character, that's all I care about. Let's quit always going to that. But Ventress, since we are talking about female and male, yes. is one of the most interesting characters and her arc and where she ends up is so fascinating and well yes. written. And, and that's just and that's just one of probably ten that I can go off and name right now in the Clone Wars. And the fact that Ventress as a character went beyond Clone Wars. She went into the books and yeah. her books, the ending of her arc in the book is so poetic. Yeah. It fits her perfectly. Now, when it comes to the vignettes of the far-flung characters, yes. I, I, In fact, I might have spoke about that at the top of the show, that I'm hoping they don't do that. I don't want to go three or four episodes where we discuss some, get into the, the nitty-gritty of some miscellaneous character. I know you said you liked that. I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather stay more focused, and I felt like Rebels was a better version of that, where they did have those extra characters, but everything was about that core crew. It was about the development of Sabine, about the development of Hera, about the development of Kanan, Zeb, Chopper. It was always about them. That's what kept the show in focus for the entire, what, four seasons? Four seasons, yes. Four seasons. And that was one of the strengths that I said was about rebels and one of the weaknesses in clone wars was that they didn't have that focus yes they always brought it back to anakin and obi-wan but they did go off on tangents for sometimes and sometimes and you're like well let's bring it back um let's keep it a little more focused so she does have a valid argument there the only the only defense i have against that is when they did those vignettes though you you have to agree that basically some of those vignettes literally helped expand the galaxy and it did explain it explained a lot of the inner workings of, individu of individuals of the, and uh, the individualism of the clones. In fact, they did a lot of that, especially in the first season. Yeah. Um, you know, and she also writes about moral lessons that I, I can also get away from. Too. There were some episodes that felt like the more, you know, in the earlier season. True. I agree with that. But so those so those. A quote unquote vignette episodes are some of my more favorite episodes ever. Like the the one episode with the clones where the the five clone troopers have to take one last stand against this warring this gigantic army headed yeah. towards them. Yeah. That was a fantastic episode. And arguably a lot of people put it in their top five episodes of Clone Wars. Yep. Because Dave, it's what made Clone Wars yep. Clone Wars. Yep. And you know what, Dave? We're gonna we're gonna put our money where our mouth is at. Uh, because I disagree with this article about Ahsoka completely, and that bleeds right into 
the promotion of an upcoming discussion that we're going to be doing, an ongoing discussion, and it's going to be the character analysis of Ahsoka, dissecting the moments in her story that heightened her character and propelled her development. Yes. And we're going to start with moments in Clone Wars, defining moments. We're going to go into Rebels. We're going to books. And additional tie-in media as it's released. It's going to be ongoing because I feel like Ahsoka is one of the strongest characters Forget female, forget male, strongest characters in Star Wars. And that's why so many people like her because of that. And it's unfortunate that and the only reason why I even fed the trolls right now with this article was only because it picked up steam yesterday. And I wanted to, if there were listeners out there, you know, that tend to agree with it, I wanted to rebuttal it because I, I just I feel like the person writing the article doesn't truly understand Star Wars. And, Let alone just, Clone Wars. And I, I know, like, star, being a, a fan, Dave, is very, very subjective. You know, I, I get that. And I don't want to challenge someone's worth as a fan. That's silly, right? Yes. That's stupid. But if you're going to write something as detailed as that, you got to understand the basics. You got to understand the basics. It's like people that slander the early versions of Princess Leia. Oh, I like her as a general because a princess is demeaning. I'm like, well, do you under even understand George Lucas's original inspiration for Princess Leia? She was based on one of the most fiercest women in literature and pop culture literature. She was based on the princess of Mars. She was a warrior princess, decapitating fools, barbaric, just badass. She's everything that people want characters to be now. Yes. She's based on the Princess of Mars. And you have people complaining about Princess Leia and what they did with her. Oh, please. <laughs> You're not even understanding what Lucas was working with. You know, and uh, talk about ahead of the game. People want to call George Lucas a you know, misogynist with some of the things he did with her character. And he was ahead of the curve with strong female leads. Yeah. A, a new hope. I mean, there wasn't characters like her unless you go to the European cinema. The European cinema in the 60s and set early 70s had a lot of these types of characters. But in the mainstream, these tentpole movies, it was dominated by male. Yeah, dude, take a look at look at Return of the Jedi. He took a huge gamble with Princess Leia then. So I don't I don't uh, understand some of people's complaints. I feel like a lot of their complaints are based on trends, social trends, and not really based on facts or even knowing information pertaining to the subject matter that you're trying to discuss yes so anyways dave also solo let's change the topic solo dvd blu-ray release has been officially announced and it will be coming out in the fall just a few short months away dave september 14th will be the digital copy and then on blu-ray september 25th Solo, the director, cast roundtable will be part of the uh, the bonus features. Yes. Team Chewy, see what it takes to bring your favorite Wookiee to life and his lighthearted look behind the scenes. Kazdan on Kazdan, iconic Star Wars screenwriter Lawrence Kazdan and his son Jonathan share what it was like to write the movie script together. That's going to be interesting. That will be my, uh, I think that's going to be my favorite Remaking the Millennium Falcon, track the transformation of the most famous ship in the galaxy from Lando's swank and impeccable pride and joy to hand stripped down hot rod freighter with special modifications. Escape from Corellia, get behind the wheel for making uh, for the making of this high octane chase through the streets of Corellia. That's going to be fun to watch, too. The train heist, explore the challenges and thrills of creating this action packed sequence, including its remote location and spectacular effects. Becoming a droid, L337, meet the newest droid and the talented actor who helps bring her to life. Scoundrels, droids, creatures, and cards, welcome to Fort Yespo. Take an in-depth tour of the rough and tumble bar where strangers mix and gamblers risk all in the legendary card game, Sabic. Uh, Into the Maelstrom, the castle run, join Han and Chewie at the controls of the Millennium Falcon to see how this legendary moment in Star Wars history unfolds. The Millennium Falcon from page to park. An exclusive bonus feature available as a digital code with the target release. You can get a look at the history of the most famous ship in the galaxy, its origin and development, and how it will translate in one of the most anticipated expansions in Disneyland's history. Also, there's a slew of deleted scenes, Dave. Yes. Those ones are I'm actually really interested in. 
Yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do, Dave. I might do what I'm doing with Thrawn Alliances and buy um, multiple copies. I might get that 4K Ultra because the 4K Ultra comes with um, uh, the Steelbook from Target, which is awesome, with a bunch of artwork. The Target 4K Ultra comes with a gallery book with a bunch of detailed information and behind-the-scenes looks into some of those, those scenes that they're highlighting in this book. I'm, no. I'm telling you, dude, this DVD, I'm really psyched to actually get this DVD release because yeah. Solo has really, it is one of the best Star Wars movies filmmaking wise, in my opinion, bar none. And like, not to just, you know, to give a little plug for us, the one, the one extra bit that I'm really psyched about is the train heist. That train heist is going to be touching on stuff that me and you have been discussing on our Patreon shows for yeah. Solo mm-hmm. about the cinematography. And Dude, also the uh, discussing inspirations about the behind effects. the music. Yeah. Which if I, people are interested in listening to that, Dave, they can find that on our Patreon side of things, patreon.com slash Digital. And if you pledge $5 or more a month, you gain access to that entire discussion. We break down uh, the cinematography of Solo uh, as well as get into some of the uh, nuances of the visual effects and how they work seamlessly with Bradford Young on the camera work. And dude, spectacular effects is undermining it, honestly, because like all those, the what they had to do when we discussed about the explosion with just a water tank to do the explosion. Yeah. Holy crap. We did not know that basically that type of technology camera wise was out there now. Yeah. Well, I knew it was out there. I just, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that they can, they can shoot that fast. Really? No, I I know they can. It's just not done all the time. It's not done all the time. The amount of light that you need. So yeah, we break that down, get into the tech technical side of things. Um, so I think that can, that doesn't, I don't think Dave, I know, I know that this concludes our discussion this week. We're about, 10 minutes over that hour mark, which is fine. We had a lot to get through today. A lot of excitement going on with the uh, Clone Wars saved. And Dave, my commitment to you, Dave, is I'm not going to get into any more negativity on social media. <laughs> see, see, and all we had to do was just skip that it, one part. As long as, it. as long as it doesn't pertain directly to news, that's the only reason why I delved into it today. Because I feel like it was relevant to what's happening with Clone Wars. That I that I agree with, with you because it's it, it deals with something that is newsworthy. Yeah, and it's just not fan screaming. Yeah, you know? exactly. All right, Dave. So thank you. Thank you. May the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and. Uh, Listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the force be with you. And long live. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Tank. From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at FromBackToTank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash FromTheBackToTank. <laughs>